Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 6, The Wedding from Hell. It originally aired on November 11th, 1998, and had 5.78 million viewers. Okay, so the episode starts with a girl walking around a garden in a very rich house. Uh, looking kind of worried and then a man comes up to her with flowers and says Miss Allison Spencer I presume and she kind of corrects him and is like you mean Allison Michael Spencer and you can obviously assume that that's you know their fiancés and he asks if she wants to be alone or if she's getting cold feet and she says no Elliot so his name's Elliot (laughs) um And she says how much she loves him and how she just wants everything to be perfect. And he makes a little joke about eloping and she's like, oh, like your mother would ever allow that. And then she says, speak of the devil. And his mother comes up and she's kind of panicky and rushing them, asking about if they got the marriage certificate yet and is saying like, oh, you have to get it now. And they're like, what's the big deal? Like, why are you so bent about this? And then she doesn't really say anything, but it it seems like she's hiding something. And then all of a sudden, Allison is like, who's that woman over there? And there's this lady standing at further down the path. Um, And the mother looks over at her and is kind of like, oh, no. And they're like, who is that? And she's like, just someone that I haven't seen in a very long time. And her and this lady give each other this really intense stare. And then she walks over to her and and she's like, what are you doing here? And the woman's like, what's the matter? Did you forget about our pact? And she says, no, but I was hoping you would, Jude. And then she kind of says how Jade hasn't aged in 20 years. And Jade says how she could have, how the mother could have wished for wealth, but chose or, I mean, could have wished for, like, health and eternal youth, but chose this wealth instead. And then another woman comes up and asks, you know, where they should put their bags, and Jade says to have the butler find them their rooms, but the mother doesn't want her to move in and doesn't know what she's going to tell people. Jade says that Elliot, to tell people that Elliot had a change of heart, because that was their deal, and says that she he won't remember a thing until it's all over. And then she puts him in some kind of weird coma from across the yard using magic. And he falls to the ground and Allison screams. And that's how that scene ends. Yeah. So the only thing I noted in that scene that um, I didn't hear you say was just that we found out at one point that the mom's name is Grace, which is probably how I'll refer to her throughout. So I just figured I'd mention that. Yeah, I didn't even hear that the entire time. I was just like the mom. (laughs) I I was like, what is her name? Do they ever say it? I guess I just missed it in the beginning. 
Okay, well, that's good. So now we have, yeah, Jade, Grace, Elliot, and Allison. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is just setting up what the storyline for this episode is going to be. Nothing super character-driven yet. Yeah, just kind of introducing the characters for this episode. Yeah, I think that's all I got, too. So then we go to the manor. We get a little title card that says one week later. Prue is knocking on the bathroom door and calling Piper's name. She mentions that there's a big auction coming up and she can't be late. Piper is inside the bathroom. She's taking a pregnancy test. So she says she's going to need a minute or two. Um, She tells Prue to go to the downstairs bathroom. There's a little bit of a back and forth between them. And then Prue ends up going downstairs. Then Phoebe comes up and she's knocking on the door and she's like, am I in for a cold shower? And Piper kind of says, sometimes um, that's a good thing. Phoebe says, not three days in a row. After a couple minutes, Piper comes out and Phoebe goes into the bathroom. She's brushing her teeth and she notices the test in the trash. She touches it and gets a vision of a demon baby being born. And that is the end of that scene. Yes. So, yeah, you can tell from, you know, that premonition and Phoebe's face afterwards that she obviously thinks Piper is pregnant with some sort of demon child, which it just gets funnier further along in the episode, the way that she goes about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was just kind of the two plots, you know, beginning and connecting in a way. Didn't really get too much out of that one either. Yeah, I guess the one thing that kind of comes up here, other than obviously, you know, the pregnancy test, which is going to serve to connect the two plots later, is just the fact that they kind of have this running joke throughout the episode about how hard it is for the three of them to share two bathrooms which is just funny to me and I'm sure to you too because like coming from bigger families it's like I've shared one bathroom with more people than that so I don't understand why two bathrooms is so hard with three people. (laughs) I know they're like struggling to figure out some morning routine but I don't know like just brush your teeth together like what's the big deal? (laughs) We've, We've been in tougher jams than that. So after that, it's just the intro music, and then it kind of cuts back to the manor, I'm assuming, later that same day, and Piper is in the kitchen, and she's cooking, like, trays and trays of food, Uh, and Prue walks in and grabs some coffee, and then the phone rings, and Piper answers it, and she sounds really concerned when she hangs up. Prue starts talking about how they really need to figure out some kind of morning schedule because it's difficult for them with their two bathrooms. (laughs) And Piper kind of dismisses it and says, maybe Phoebe can help her cater the Elliot Spencer wedding, which, as we know, is the people we saw in the first scene. And then she also mentions that Chef Moore was the one that hired her to do the catering, and he left, so now she's the one stuck being the chef and she has to tell the richest family in the city that they're stuck with her and Piper's kind of worried about that and Prue says you know it's not the end of the world and that's when Phoebe comes in and says what isn't the end of the world 
Prue says that Piper's problem is in, and Phoebe is like, oh, you know, too, thinking that she's talking about the pregnancy test and that Piper's pregnant. And Piper asks Phoebe for some help, and Phoebe can just kind of tell by the way the conversation's going that they're not talking about the demon baby. And then Prue leaves, and Phoebe brings up Jeremy in his aftermath. Piper says, you know, don't ever mention his name again, and that it's over with, uh, and not to worry about that, but worry about helping with the wedding. And Piper leaves. So... I think that was also just more into the, you know, demon baby problem and also showing how the girls are going to end up, you know, coming into the, the wedding. Yeah, it's kind of just drawing the two storylines together. The one thing I noted at the end of that scene that was really cute that was like right after Piper leaves the room, like Phoebe goes to pick up one of the like snacks oh, or whatever yeah. they are and Piper's like, don't touch those because she just knew Phoebe was going to do that. I know. <laughs> so Phoebe of her. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, this is just kind of setting up the idea that Phoebe thinks she knows something that Piper isn't ready to share yet. And so she's you know? just kind of not pressing it too hard, but bringing it up. Yeah. So then we move back to the Spencer estate. Piper pulls up in her Jeep to the gate. And the guy over the speaker says that they have Chef Moore listed as the caterer. And she they need to clear her. So some security is going to have to come out and talk to her or whatever. That's when a priest, who we find out is named Father Trask, runs up to the car and says that she needs to help him get in. Security comes over and pulls him away. They tell her to just go ahead in. And the priest yells, she's the bearer of the demon child. Beware Hakati. And Piper is kind of like confused about this and just drives in and kind of ignores it for now. Yeah. Hakati, what a, what a title. <laughs> pretty intense scene. Piper doesn't really know what's going on. I guess we don't really know what's going on there yet either. Father Trask somewhat, you know, becomes important to the story. I don't know how much there is to go. I feel like there's not much in these scenes to, like, discuss right now. Yeah, these scenes are mostly, like, setting up plot points that I feel like we'll get to later in the episode. Like, we're having a lot of setup in the beginning, which is interesting because I feel like in the previous few episodes, we've had a lot more, like, character moments early on than we do in this episode. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's not much for us to kind of dive into in the beginning scenes. It's It really is just mostly set up. All right, so... After that, we go to Buckland's, and Prue and Hannah, which is another one of, or one of Prue's co-workers, I guess, they're discussing this fertility icon for this auction that they're doing, and then Rex walks in and tells Prue that her sister's here, <laughs> and Prue's like, oh, which sister? And Rex is like, the one who, upon seeing your office, said, damn, I should go back to college. <laughs> and Prue's like, Phoebe. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, well, her timing's, you know, uh, her timing's actually good for once. 
the fertility icon has been cataloged and Rex looks kind of confused and says, oh, it's no longer available. And Prue just walks out of the room and Rex goes up to Hannah and says that it was careless of her to do that. And Hannah's like, it's fine. Her sister's catering the wedding. Prue won't even be there. And then we go to Prue's office and Phoebe is in her chair on the phone and hangs up when Prue walks in and they kind of just banter a little and then Phoebe says that she has to tell her something and she starts talking about her premonition about this thing being born and Prue kind of automatically assumes that she's pregnant and that that's why she came back from New York and Phoebe gets upset that she says that and is like it's not I'm not surprised that you think that I, I would do that like not, you know, I am the screw up, the black sheep of the family, just kind of goes on this little rant. And Prue stops her, and Phoebe says, No, I'm not pregnant, but you've had another sister who's had sex. And is like, Remember Jeremy, the demon, uh, the, the first demon that attacked them? And she said, It wasn't me in the vision having the demon child, it was Piper. If you won't believe me, then believe my power. And Phoebe walks away, and Prue is just kind of left shook there. Um, and that's how that whole big scene ends. Yeah, so um, to go back to Prue and Hannah for a moment, in their scene, one thing that stood out to me is they're kind of, you know, talking about this fertility icon. And Hannah says to Prue, you take it. My biological clock's not the one that's ticking. How old is Hannah supposed to be? I know. I was thinking the same thing because Prue's not even in her 30s yet. And Hannah looks older like hannah looks like she's like 40 years old so i was like really confused when she said that like i assumed they were either the same age or hannah was slightly older i did not think hannah was younger than prue i know and like what who says that what a random thing to just like come at her for hannah hannah hates her so much by the way bitch you old so literally like they're like over here discussing work doing their jobs and she's like you're old as fuck all right have some kids because you're running out of time like jesus christ but yeah then going back to um the prue and phoebe moment oh also in that scene when rex comes in we also get confirmation of what you said the first time we met them that they're probably evil. Now we know for sure that they are. Yeah. And then um, going back to the scene in Prue's office, one thing that really stood out to me was that moment where Phoebe says, if you won't believe me, you can believe my power. And I think it's just so kind of like sad to me at this point, how hard Phoebe is trying to get Prue to like believe in her and trust in her in some way. Mm-hmm. And just, like, kind of that desire for connection with her sister, I think it really just hits me a lot, especially in this watch, because we've seen Phoebe trying again and again to get Prue to open up to things with her that she'll only talk to Piper about, and then kind of having to talk about something that's going on with Piper that she thinks Prue can help with, and just having Prue assume that she's the one who did something wrong is... It has to be really hard for Phoebe, and I just really, like, empathize with her a lot in this scene. 
I do too. I think I was thinking about it too while I was watching it and it's like, wow, we're, you know, what is it? Six episodes deep now. Mm -hmm. And it's like poor Phoebe. Here she is still trying to get Prue to believe in her and have a little faith, even though she's, I feel like shown her in each episode that she's not the same, you know, screw up anymore that she has been in the past. And it's, yeah, it's definitely got to hurt her because I know she, in a way, still kind of sees Prue as that mother figure that she never had, you know, and probably wants to make her happy, even though she's this, you know, I don't care type person, very independent and like strong willed. You can sense that she, she wants that from Prue. Yeah. Yeah. And it is kind of sad. But yeah, so then after that, we go back to the Spencer estate, and there's a conversation going on between Allison and Grace, and Grace says that Allison needs to stop calling, and Allison is asking why Elliot won't return any of her calls, who is Jade, and it eventually gets to the point where Grace says there are many things about our family that you will never understand, but that it's over, and Allison says that she wants Elliot to tell her that. She doesn't want Grace to tell her that. And Grace just says that he's going to marry Jade Damone. Please don't ever call here again. And then Grace leaves. So then we go into the kitchen where Piper is giving directions to the other people who are working in there with her. Phoebe arrives and we find out that she's an hour late. Um, she tells Piper that she went to go see Prue. Piper's confused by this and is like, that's all the way on the other side of town. That's when the butler enters and says that Mrs. Spencer and Miss Damone will see them. Piper is confused about who Miss Damone is, and the butler says that it's the bride, Jade Damone. And Piper mentions that she thought the bride was Allison, and she kind of gets cut off there. They go into the other room where Jade is trying on her wedding dress. Piper and Phoebe go in. Piper says, your dress is beautiful. I'd recognize the style anywhere. It's a Shiro, isn't it? And Jade clearly doesn't know. She says, is it? And Grace kind of knows that that's weird. So she says, she changes the subject to what's going on in the kitchen. Piper kind of starts listing off everything going on, and in the middle of her list, she says that Chef Moore is gone, and then Jade and Grace both start freaking out, and that's when Phoebe kind of jumps in to defend Piper. She says, you don't know me, hell, I barely know me, trying to make a joke, no one laughs. She says, my sister is the best damn chef in this city. No one, and I do mean no one, puts the love and tender care Piper puts into her cooking. So you should not only be grateful Chef Moore backed out, but you should consider yourselves lucky. And Jade then says, if there's the slightest hitch that she'll have her head, and then kind of fake laughs and says that she's kidding. Piper says the last thing she needs to do is to confirm the party trays for the bachelor and bachelorette party. She says, can she talk to the groom? And Jade and Grace quickly jump in and say that they will ask. 
Piper and Phoebe exit, and as the woman who's kind of doing the dress fitting accidentally stabs Jade with a pin, and Jade doesn't react at all, the woman pulls it out, and that's where we end that scene. Yeah. So I just really loved in the scene how quick Phoebe came to Piper's defense. It was a little awkward because nobody laughed at her her joke, but um, she came in there and just defended Piper to the end, and then when Jade made that comment, like, I will have your head, she gave her this dirty look, like, and I love it, like, Phoebe's just so fearless, will say anything and, like, tell anybody off. It doesn't matter if they're the richest people in town. I love that about her. Yeah. And I also like the way that I think when people think of the sisters, they always think of Prue as the protective one. But I think we see a lot of those same protective traits from Phoebe that we see from Prue. They just kind of go about things in a slightly different way, which is something I like, too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can even see some of those protective qualities in Piper, you know, I, I it really seems like when it comes to each other and their family, just the people that they really care about, they're all going to be there to like, step up for one another. Which I yeah. really like that about, you know, it shows how much they care about each other at heart, even if there is some, you know, sibling rivalry on the surface. Yeah, definitely. I think Despite whatever, you know, their tensions and issues may be with each other in an episode or with, as is the case with Prue and Phoebe, kind of over this several episodes, you can still see that when it comes down to it, they're always going to defend each other and be there for each other when it comes to other people who might be trying to hurt them in some way. Exactly. Um, Is there anything else from these scenes that you wanted to add um not really I guess the only thing that's significant to the plot is the fact that Piper seems to be the only person outside of you know Allison Jade and Grace who kind of know that Jade wasn't supposed to be the bride like no one else seems to notice or talk about it a little confusing to me Because, I mean, you would think, like, all the people at the wedding, obviously, Allison told her whole family, the whole family knows, I'm sure they, I mean, being that they're the richest people in town, obviously, they're well known, you would think that information about what's going on in their life would be shared. So it's a little weird to me that, like, Piper's the only one who was able to realize that it wasn't supposed to be Jade, and no one else seems to know that, but... Yeah, they're all under a spell. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering exactly like what Jade's spell that she did was and who it applied to. Because if it was meant to make everyone forget about the wedding, why not Allison? Is it because of, you know, the thing we'll learn about later that true love can kind of break her spell? Is that the only reason why Allison remembers? I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. We don't ever really find out either, so. (laughs) So after that scene, we cut to the yard and the security's there and the guards kind of are telling another security guard that the priest got away from them and he's on the ground. So they all kind of freak out and start looking for him. 
And as they leave to go find Father Trask, we see that he's coming out of this delivery truck filled with, you know, that's already in there for stuff for the wedding. Um, and he changes his appearance, puts on this delivery man jacket so that he looks like a delivery man, and he puts a knife in his pants. Obviously, he's going to kill this demon, Hakate, or whatever. <laughs> Hakate. And he runs away. And, I mean, that's how that scene ends. Did you want any? Want to say anything? You want me to continue? Um, I mean, I guess the only thing about that scene is, you know, it's kind of pushing the plot forward. I feel like this is a very fast-paced episode where we're getting a lot of kind of plot elements coming very quickly. We're not really staying in long conversations the way we have in some of the other episodes. Yeah, it's, mo- it's mostly just kind of one thing to the next. So then we go to Allison sneaking into the house and into Elliot's bedroom to talk to him. And she sees him on the bed. He looks kind of dazed and doesn't really know what's going on. And she's like, oh, Elliot, what did they do to you? And telling him that he can't go through with this. And that's when Jade and Grace and Jade's friend walk in the room and they say to call security. And Elliot is confused and kind of looks like he's starting to recognize Allison. And he's like, Allison? He's like, as a question. And they try to kick Allison out. Allison's like, I'm just, I'm just leaving anyways. And Jade's friend kind of forces her out of the room, out of the house. And she's downstairs being kind of pushed out the door. And she sees Elliot because he walks out of the room and looks over the balcony. And she says, she starts yelling to him and then Elliot says don't hurt Allison and Piper and Phoebe are kind of in the room when this happens downstairs and they watch the whole thing happen and the priest walks by kind of a lot going on in this one like scene here Um, and then the priest walks by and the girls watch him go upstairs with a knife so they go and run to tell security and at this point, Jade has pushed Elliot back into the room, and Allison has been forced outside. So then we go back into the room, and the priest walks in, and Jade sees him and says, like, you know, oh, Father Trask. Trask kind of says this prayer type thing to banish her back to the underworld, and she's like, not today. And then the friend comes up behind Trask and turns into this demon and snaps his neck and throws him out of the window on the like third floor or something and then it goes to the kitchen and Piper and Phoebe are running to tell the guard that Trask is here after the bride upstairs because they don't know that you know he's actually trying to kill a demon and they all hear a crash and run outside to see Trask's dead body on the pavement and everyone's surprised and then it kind of shows the window he got thrown out of and grace on another floor looking outside looking kind of sad and that's how that scene ends (laughs) yeah you know the pacing in all these scenes is done really well i feel like we kind of cut quickly everything's just pushing forward this main plot of the episode since these aren't you know the super major characters of the series just of the episode we're not getting a whole lot of development here it's mostly just plot-based things going I guess the one important thing is that confirmation that Jade is 
Hakati and it's not Piper. I think we knew that, but, you know, just to double confirm it, that's kind of what we get from this. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was just, I, I did like the pacing in this scene. It kind of was a lot going on at once. The chaos, you know, between Allison and Trask going upstairs and all of that, but, you know, just to get to Father Trask's death, which also is important because, well, we're going to get to that, you know, in the next scene. So. so then we are outside again when we come back from commercial. We see that there's crime scene tape set up and Piper, Phoebe, and Allison are all standing behind it. Allison is kind of crying and Piper gives her like tissue so, and Phoebe kind of asks, well, what's up with you and Elliot? You love him, don't you? And she says, with all my heart, they go back and forth a little bit. And then Allison says that she has to go and she leaves. Piper says, this is so sad. We have to do something. She says that they're good witches and it's their job to help people. That's when Phoebe touches Piper's stomach and says, I wouldn't be worrying about Allison's problem just yet. And Piper's kind of like, what the, and like, it stops there. And yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the way Phoebe goes about this whole thinking Piper is pregnant with a demon child. She's kind of like weirdly casual about it. Like weirdly casual about the idea of like, oh, you know, we might have to kill Piper. Like she is a demon inside of her right now. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not just like, oh, I think my sister's pregnant, right? It's like, oh, I think my sister is pregnant with a, like, demon. Yeah, and, like, we might have to kill this bitch. Or the baby. Like, but, all right. So, then we go to Andy talking, Andy and Daryl talking to Jade about what happened and kind of going over what happened in the room and Jade says to them that Trask chased her to the window with the knife and lunged at her and that she screamed and ducked and he just went out the window and then she she asks to go because she has stuff to do and she's just doesn't sound very you know concerned about it and then Andy's like Andy and Daryl say that she can go and then Andy turns to Daryl and is like Sorry, the dead man on your pavement was such an inconvenience to you. Uh, and Daryl's like, well, welcome to the life of the rich and famous. And then Andy's like, this doesn't really make sense because look at the window and look at where he landed. Tell me how anyone could have jumped that far. And then Daryl's like, well, that's, you know, that's what we're going to find out. And that's when that scene ends. Yeah. So I guess the one thing, it's funny because, you know, the obvious reason is for casting reasons. They're not going to cast other cops in the show, but I'm just sitting here. I'm like, wow, anytime there's a crime, they live in a big city, but it's always Andy and Daryl investigating. <laughs> always. Always their crime scene. They're the only inspectors in the entire city of San Francisco. Like, <laughs> how convenient. But um, I'll just say, you know, kind of like we were saying last episode, I feel like their banter is just getting better. We're seeing more of them connecting as partners and kind of growing closer as the episodes go on. That's kind of the one thing right. I'm taking note of. Yeah. 
so then we're back inside the house and it's Grace and Jade's friend who in this scene we find out her name is Kirsten and they're talking and Grace is upset about what happened. She says killing a priest was not part of our deal and Kirsten kind of is going at her. She says in 24 hours Jade will be pregnant and all of this will be over. She threatens her and kind of says not to forget that we're on the second floor and that, you know, she could easily kill Grace as well. And so that's kind of that scene. Yeah. I don't know, not much from there, except that you can, you know, tell here even more that Grace is not happy about the whole situation, but knows that she kind of has to do this and has to make her son marry this demon because, um, of the deal she made yeah and i think the one thing i'm noting in this scene is you know we kind of see that regret that she's feeling like we kind of got a sense of it at the beginning when she was trying to like push his wedding with allison to be quicker so that obviously jade couldn't come in and ruin it but which we didn't realize at the beginning but obviously becomes very clear and then in this scene you know we kind of see that she doesn't really want this to happen which makes something she does a little bit later a surprising um, twist, but we'll get to yeah. that when we get to it. Right. Okay, so then we go to Buckland's, and Prue is in her office, and Rex knocks on the door, and he comes in and is like, you wanted to see me? And Prue's like, yeah, I wanted to know what we should do about the male fertility icon, because I guess it was, you know, a two-piece icon artifact and he she said that it goes with the female piece the one that he didn't want cataloged before and rex says that by all means she can catalog that one for the auction because this particular client only wanted the female icon and then rex says that the female icon is a wedding gift for the spencer family and prue says how piper's catering the wedding with phoebe and Rex kind of is like trying to find out whether she's going to be there or not in casual conversation and sees that she's not. And then he goes back to his office with Hannah in there and she's with the female icon. And Rex says that you were right, Prue won't be there. And Hannah's like, oh, does that mean that we can go to the wedding? And Rex says no, because it's still too risky with you know her sisters there and everything. Um, and then he's like, oh, but we can think of something to do. How about we go to a football game and watch the players get injured? And Hannah does this little, like, smirk, like she's happy with that idea. And, I mean, that was kind of the end of that. <laughs> You're forgetting Hannah, that they, like, start, weird. like, rubbing each other's face. Yeah. Rex and Hannah are super weird. They do the weirdest, like, touching and talking to each other. All throughout, like, their portion on the show, it's just, like, I'm always super uncomfortable whenever there's their scenes together. Yeah, like, it would be much more normal if they just, like, kissed or did anything that a normal couple would do, but instead they're, like, petting each other's face. Yeah. They, like, are on top of each other, but I don't know, maybe it's just different for evil beings. (laughs) Who knows? But, uh, yeah, in this scene, I mean, we just see that. Rex and Hannah are kind of not 
you know, probably not involved in the wedding, but they know they know who these people are. They know how important Hikate is, I assume, or Hikari. I don't even know how to say that. And we can kind of assume that, you know, they're probably demons or from the same nature, from the same general place as them. And they all kind of intertwined in a way. Yeah. So then um, we move to Prue's office. Andy comes in, and as he's coming in, Prue is with the male fertility icon, like, peeling a sticker off of his private area, (laughs) and her and Andy make a bunch of awkward, like, jokes at each other. He's like, oh, like, I'll come back when you're alone, (laughs) and it's just it's kind of funny they go back and forth a little bit and then they're talking about how it's like an artifact and he has another artifact for her and it's just it's kind of cute um so he hands her an envelope with the knife that he had called her about which was of course from the crime scene with father trask she puts on her glasses and starts examining it she says it's 14th century italian with a latin inscription And the inscription says, I shall not rest until the demon is vanquished. She looks it up on her computer. And he mentions that it's from a murder at the Spencer estate. And Prue immediately is like, well, Piper and Phoebe are there. And he says, yeah, I saw them. They're both fine. And then she clicks on a link off the website for the knife that leads her to Hakati, queen of the underworld. She starts getting super weird and asks if she can keep the knife for a little while. He says sure that he checked it out so that she could use it. She then leaves the room and after she leaves, he goes over to her computer and looks at the screen. Yes. Okay, so I feel like there was just another really cute moment between Andy and Prue. I love them. I love them so much. I have high hopes for uh, what's to come with them. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, so aside from that, I don't even really know. I feel like Andy is starting to get more of the idea of, like, I feel like progressively we can see him get more suspicious about Prue, and we already know he's kind of open to the idea of supernatural And it seems like, you know, and now he's seeing this stuff on her computer and there are lots of like weird things that seem to go down that I think in a way Andy kind of knows what's going on behind the scenes. And other than that, yeah, Prue just kind of makes the connection between everything that's going on, you know, this pregnancy that Phoebe was talking about and the weirdness about the the Spencer wedding with Allison um, and Jade in the murder so she kind of puts it together there yeah and I think the one thing I'm noting in this scene I mean it's fresh in my mind because I was editing episode four earlier today but I'm thinking back to how in that episode we were having the conversation between Prue and Andy where he was mentioning that she has a secret too and we were kind of wondering how and when he's going to figure out exactly what the secret is I think a few episodes ago had he brought this item to her and she left her office, he wouldn't have gone over to her computer to look. But now that he's more suspicious of what her secret is and, you know, she kind of keeps popping up at these crime scenes and things, I think now he's starting to 
get the idea that her and her sisters, there's something going on and he just isn't sure what it is yet. Yeah, there's definitely, like, he knows there's something kind of bigger involved. I think he's definitely gotten the idea that their secret isn't, her secret isn't just like a little, you know, stupid thing that she's trying to hide from him, that it obviously is some, something a little more major considering all these sex, you know, she seems to always appear at all these crime scenes, really can't hide it from, or really has to hide it from him, even though, you know, she's told him everything for as long as they've known each other, you know, they seem to have been really close all along, so yeah, I think, I think he's starting to get the sense that there's something going on. But I also really respect that, like, because if it was me, I would be so curious. Like, I wouldn't be able to, like, sleep at night. I'd be like, what is happening? Like, how does she always end up here? What is she hiding from me, you know? Andy is so respectable because he doesn't even press her about it. He doesn't, like, push her boundaries about it. And I think it's so cute. It's so sweet. Yeah. So he is, like, looking at her computer behind her back, so he's, like... Okay, yeah, but he's not, like... I'm not saying he's wrong for doing it, but, like, that shows kind of, like, a lack of trust. Like, even though, you know, pushing it might not seem like the best thing to do, I think it's the healthier thing to do than to, like, try to investigate what she's up to, I think trying to have a conversation with her when they're not in the middle of another fight would be the more appropriate step to take. That's probably true, but I feel like in this scenario, I didn't really see it that way because it seemed like, like, Andy came there looking for information and for help about this crime scene, you know? So when he was looking at the computer, I felt like it was more to be like, what did she find about this knife that I might need to know that she's not telling me? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. So maybe, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't, tur- like, going on there and expecting to find, like, something like that, or just something written out, like, hey, this is what my secret is, you know? He was probably going over there more looking for, like, okay, you just obviously found something about that that might be helpful to this investigation that I really am a part of, you know? So I I don't know, I, I didn't take it so intensely that he would do that, because it, it's not like he's ever really done that before you know mm-hmm. so yeah. I don't know and then you did that scene okay so then we go to back to the manor and Piper and Phoebe are there and Phoebe's looking at a book with the same picture of Hakati that Prue had seen on the laptop and Piper runs up to Phoebe and is like I knew I wasn't crazy and shows her all this you know, stuff like napkins, plates, everything for the wedding that says Allison and Elliot, not Jade and Elliot. And she's like, well, now we have to help her. Like, I knew it. I knew Allison was the one he was supposed to marry. And Phoebe's just kind of like, oh, that makes sense. And then she's like, okay, I can't hold it any longer. Piper, your name's not really Piper. Your name's Hikati and you're carrying a demon child. And now I'm sorry, but we're going to have to kill you. (laughs) And Piper's like, what? And she's like, don't worry, you still have time. I still need to find this jewel poignard to kill you with, basically. Piper's confused. And that's when Prue walks in and is like, oh, is this what you're talking about? And shows Phoebe the the knife, the jewel poignard. (laughs) And Phoebe's just kind of like, the odds. What are the odds? (laughs) She was so shocked about it. I love it. 
and then Piper's like saying Piper's like okay I'm not pregnant trust me and Phoebe's like that's great news and gives her a hug and is like oh now you can live and then Phoebe gets confused about her vision and Pri's like well what exactly was it that you saw and they realized that you know she never saw Piper's face in the premonition it was just her legs so it doesn't really mean that it was Piper and then Piper is kind of trying to figure out what's going on and then she's like how did you know I took a pregnancy test Phoebe says I saw the test in the bathroom and that's when Piper you know brings back that running joke from the beginning about them how they had to have a better schedule and different you know or morning routine and Prue's like okay there's more important stuff going on the priest that was killed belonged to a secret order alleged or pledged to stop Hakati and they kind of discuss and that's when they realize that Jade is Hakati and Prue says that she comes to earth every 200 years and needs to have a wedding in a sanctified way and needs someone to impregnate her so that she has a child that looks completely normal on the outside but on the inside and mentally is completely demon. And Piper says that it's huge, especially because a demon baby would be born into the wealth of the Spencer family. And Prue doesn't think it's a coincidence that she was catering the wedding, that it's more of a protective, protect the innocent type thing, that all of them need to fight together. And Piper says that they need to be sure first. So they go to the bachelor party to you know, kind of check it out. Yeah, so then they're at the Spencer estate. They're kind of hiding behind this, like, window door, which I don't get how no one sees them, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So they're standing there. They're spying on the bachelorette party. Jade is opening some gifts. It's lingerie. Piper's kind of looking at the buffet table that's set up, and she's like, I don't believe it. They barely touched my food. And they continue opening the gifts, and she opens up that fertility icon and Prue mentions that it's from the auction house that's when a pizza guy arrives and at first Piper's like I ordered pizza like she's super pissed and then it turns out the pizza guy is a stripper and she's like oh okay now I feel better (laughs) and the stripper starts doing his dance and at first the sisters are like enjoying the show the girls walk over and then Jade claws come out and she scratches down his chest and I think the sisters literally just watch this guy get murdered and do absolutely nothing about it they just kind of look shocked and like look away that's what I put down too like they just kind of let it happen but at the same time it's like what are you gonna do they already basically killed this guy because he was like on the ground and there's like seven demons there (laughs) like what are they gonna how are they going to fight this right now? But yeah, I mean, that was I guess, a little weird to me too. Yeah, because like, you know, I guess they want to keep the storyline going and do the love story with Allison. But it's like, at the same time, couldn't they have just brought the jeweled poignard and killed her right then? You would think, right? Wow, I, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it was for plot's sake, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, yeah, innocent just died, but whatever. Yeah, they look all just, they just all look down and kind of, like, disappointed. They're like, oh, man, that really sucks. (laughs) Too bad there's, too bad we don't have powers and can go in there and have the weapon to kill these people. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Okay, so after that, we go back to the manor, and the sisters are talking about, you know, how they have to stop them, and they're trying to come up with a plan. And they want to go get, they want to try to get Elliot out of the spell using Allison's love, and, you know, have him marry Allison so that Jade can't do anything. And then... Prue, uh, you know, we get more of the little running joke because Prue's like, okay, you know, it's time to shower, shampoo, and um, I forget the other thing she said. Time to shower and shampoo and be on our way, basically. And Piper and Prue, or Piper and Phoebe kind of look at each other and they're like, did she just say shower? They run and they're like, hot water! Like, all trying to get to the shower at the same time to get the hot water, which I thought was funny. Yeah, we also see, you know, the very clear establishment of their plan in this scene. So Prue says that the two of them need to get Elliot and she'll get Allison and they need to meet at the the front gate um, no later than 2.30. You know, it kind of has that fairy tale element of Jade's spell can be broken by true love's kiss. Yeah. Which, you know, but is like But at the same cute. time, it was also like, I Because I was kind of thinking the same thing here, too, because I know when they were discussing the plan, they were talking about how, you know, they want to do this and something about not hurting people. They, when someone suggested killing Jade and they were like, no, we want to do this without hurting anyone. And it was like, well, Jade's the demon. Like, how do you expect you're going to get out of this besides that, you know? And it's like, if this weapon is clearly needed to kill her then why do you think that, you know, Elliot and Allison getting together is gonna save the day? Just to, like, yeah. break... Unless they're just doing it to, like, guarantee that he gets out of this spell, you know, when Jade's gone. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't really sure about that either. But then we go to... I think we're at a church in this scene, and Daryl and Andy are looking around... Daryl is on the phone and he hangs up and says that it's officially been ruled a homicide because Father Trask's neck was broken before he went out the window. And Andy kind of suggests that Jade did it or something, and Daryl says that he doesn't think that the 120-pound ride tossed him out the window. Andy says that the way they'll find out is to look through the security tapes because they have tons of cameras set up on the property and Annie says that he already had the security tapes sent over to the station okay so then we go back to the manor and Allison is at the door and Prue opens it to her because Prue invited her over and she shows her she shows Allison a napkin with Elliot and Allison's names on it and Allison's kind of like, where did you get this? And Prue's like, come with me, this won't take long. So then we go back to the Spencer estate, and Piper and Prue are dressed in their little catering outfits. I noted that they looked super cute in this scene. Me too. <laughs> and Piper's kind of freaking out about things with the food, telling people where to go, what to do to make sure everything stays nice and fresh. And Phoebe kind of stops her and is like, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we trying to stop the sweating? And Piper's like, oh, right. And they kind of keep doing something. 
And then after that, we go back to the manor, and Prue and Allison are sitting on the couch talking, and Allison says that everything was fine up until six days ago when Jane Jade randomly appeared and started working at the estate. And then, you know, next thing she knew, she was out and Jade was in. End of story. And Allison says that they wouldn't even let her see Elliot and that the Elliot she knows and loves isn't here anymore. And Prue kind of tells her that, you know, Jade has her under a spell, so to speak, and that Elliot loves her and not Jade. Prue says that she thinks she should crash the wedding and that she should do everything in her power to stop him because she loves him. And, you know, Allison's kind of iffy about it. Uh, and Prue says to, to let her help, to let them help her. And that if she can trust her, then she can bring her and Elliot back together. Yeah. One really cute thing in that scene that I always note is kind of when, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but I actually used to watch it with grandma when Prue mentions the show where like the angel comes and kind of helps the person. So that show is called Touched by an Angel. It's very like of that time. And it's just like a cute little like Hallmark type show where like these angels come and help people through their problems. So I like that Prue kind of brings that up. And I feel like Prue does have kind of like an older lady type personality sometimes. So I could see that being a show that she likes. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, I've never heard of that show. I didn't even know it was a real thing. (laughs) So then we're back at the Spencer estate and Grace is with Elliot and kind of asking him to forgive her. And then Piper and Phoebe are outside the door and Kirsten is kind of guarding the door and they say that they need to see the groom. She says no. They're like, they just need to ask him a question. That's when Grace walks out and kind of asks what the problem is. They ask if they can talk to her alone and they kind of go off to the corner, but Kirsten is standing not too far away. They tell her that she doesn't know this, but that Elliot isn't supposed to marry Jade. Grace confirms that she does know this and Piper and Phoebe say that they can help. They say, we have a plan, we can stop the wedding. And that's when Grace kind of looks at Kirsten and then says, go to the wine cellar, I'll meet you there in 10 minutes. The two of them leave and Kirsten looks over at Grace. So like I was mentioning earlier, because of the way that we were kind of seeing Grace's regret throughout the last couple scenes we've seen her in, if I was a first time viewer, I probably wouldn't have expected what comes next to have happened I would have expected her to actually team up with them yeah me too I was I was thinking that too like I even put it in my notes when it happened I was like this bitch like (laughs) so I guess I'll just read what happens next and then you know we can talk about that so after that happens uh it we kind of cut to the girls in the cellar Piper and Phoebe and they go down the stairs and all of a sudden the door opens up and these two demon bridesmaids come in instead of grace and they turn into their demon forms and obviously know that piper and phoebe are in there and start kind of looking for them and piper tries to freeze them but she's not close enough to do that and 
instead of getting closer, she's like, no, like, fuck that. Let's just run. <laughs> and, like, so her and Phoebe run away. And uh, that's that's how that one ends. And, yeah, that's what, like you were saying before, wouldn't have expected that she kind of backstabbed them and told, you know, the demons what was happening so that they could go kill Piper and Phoebe. Wouldn't have seen that coming, especially with all the regret that she seemed to have had. But... I don't know, maybe maybe in her mind she thought that was the better option rather than, you know, them not actually succeeding with whatever the plan they had and all of them dying in the end. Maybe that's how her mind saw it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like at this point, um, maybe her biggest fear is something worse than being the father of a demon child happening to Elliot. So she kind of wants to make sure that they can just get through this wedding, through what happens, and then he can go on with his life, I guess, might yeah. be her goal. Kind of hoping, oh, I'm sorry, no, that ahead. everything uh, turns out fine for her son in the end, because she knows that she's the one who kind of screwed him over in the first place, and obviously that hurts her, but I feel like she'd rather him have this demon child than to be killed because of her mistake, you know? Yeah, definitely. So then we go back to the police station and the tapes get delivered to Andy and Daryl and they start kind of picking them out and they're hoping that they're going to find something on the tapes that will tell them who the killer is. Yes. And then after that, we go to Allison and Prue kind of standing outside the estate and they're standing there waiting and looking for Piper and Phoebe who haven't shown up and so Prue calls them and Piper picks up the phone and whispers to her you know that they're in the wine cellar and they need her help. So then we go back up to a bedroom upstairs and Jade is receiving her something borrowed from Kirsten. It's a book Faust and she says that she read it the last time that she was here meaning on earth and she asks about her something blue and they both turn to Grace who's standing by the window and crying. And they talk about how there's nothing bluer than a mother giving away her only son, which is so weird, but whatever. Yeah. Then the heart of a mother giving away her only son. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with the fact that you're a literal queen of hell, but you know, yeah. whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's exactly the reason she's so blue. Maybe, maybe it's all the pain she's feeling and regret and guilt and the thought that her son is about to impregnate a demon, but, you know, <laughs> whatever, all of the above. And then we go back to the police station and Andy and Daryl start watching the tape and Daryl's kind of like, you know, it's just two girls talking and we can't even hear it. And Andy's like, what's the matter? You don't read lips. And they're listening to the conversation when Kirsten, Kirsten and Grace were talking on the balcony when she made that little, you know, we're still on the second floor joke. And so they're listening to that conversation and Andy reads their lips and he's like, something, something, killing a priest wasn't part of our deal. And Daryl's like, damn, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're outside and the wedding is starting. Jade is walking down the aisle. She gets to Elliot and the officiant kind of starts going through the ceremony. 
And then Piper and Phoebe are running back up the stairs of the wine cellar. And the demons come up behind them and at this point are close enough for Piper to freeze them. So she does. And that's when Prue bursts through the door and tells Piper and Phoebe to duck. And she throws the demons, you know, into the wall. And they all leave to go to Allison. Yep. So then we're back outside at the wedding. And the officiant is asking if anyone has a reason why these two shouldn't be married. And the sisters say, we have a reason. And Allison says, I love you, Elliot. And that's when Jade does a spell to start a storm. She grabs Elliot and runs away with him. And that's when out in the front, we see Daryl and Andy pull up, kind of confused about what's going in as uh, what's going on as people are running out and they run into the chaos. And then we go into this bedroom and Jade is in the bedroom on top of Elliot and kind of turns into her demonic form, (laughs) which is like 20 times worse than the other demons that we had seen in the episode. And then the sisters walk in and the demon and they see Jade. And the demon bridesmaids walk in after them and kind of push them into the room. And then Jade and the other demons all kind of stand next to each other and are like, I don't know, growling. (laughs) And then then the girls are like, where's the poniard? Because they didn't have it anymore. It must have fallen. And Elliot falls to the ground and he sees the poniard. And he picks it up and holds it out and banishes all of the demons back into it. Or back to hell. I don't know. They all It looked like they all kind of got sucked into the knife. Yeah. And then he kind of, you know, the spell goes away once he does that. And he turns to the girls and says, whoever you three are, thank you. Yeah. So I have a couple questions about these scenes. So... First question, so we never mentioned this earlier, but I think we can talk about how clearly the fact that he is under a spell this entire time means that the impregnation that was going to occur was not consensual. So we'll start with that and we'll get that aspect of it out of the way because that's disturbing and not okay (laughs) by any means. Then we have the fact that It was made very clear that they needed to be married in a sanctified wedding. Now, the wedding didn't actually happen because someone objected, but she still takes him upstairs to impregnate her, I guess, was what was happening in that scene. So would it have even worked because they weren't married? So I have that question about the storyline. Yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, sorry. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) And then my other story question If it was that easy to suck them into the knife, why was it so difficult for Father Trask? Was it because Prue wasn't there to pull them in? Like, why was this mortal man who wasn't even part of a secret order or anything able to just start this? I was thinking the same thing. Not to mention, Elliot just kind of held the knife out, you know? Father Trask, he also had said this little, you know, like, something, something, I banish you, you know? Like like a spell that you would think would have sucked them in as opposed to Elliot who just stood there. And it also didn't make too much sense. The fact that he was under this spell 
So it was like he obviously was willing to do, you know, whatever Jade wanted because it was her spell. So why is it that when he fell off the bed, he all of a sudden was like, oh, let me pick up this knife and kill her. You know, like what happened there? It didn't didn't make too much sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I've always liked this episode. And now that we're kind of going through it, I see so many just like plot holes in the storyline for this episode that I just question a lot. Yeah, the way the way they kind of it, it felt like towards the end, they were rushing a little bit, kind of scrambling to find a way to keep the storyline going all the way through, because I feel like there were so many instances where it was like, okay, well, that shouldn't have happened. And this is there were so many different ways to get around that, you know, and like, oh, this didn't make sense. This didn't make sense that I didn't really notice before when I had, you know, watched it, or at least not paid too much attention to. But yeah, going into it, it's like, this is, you know, maybe not their best story. I feel like they could have gone about it a little bit better. It was just a little bit rushed at the end. And there were a lot of holes in the plot. But you know, overall, I do still consider it a good episode. I've always liked it. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where they set up this really great pacing in the beginning with these short choppy scenes. And then they were trying to keep that at the end. But they had already gone through so many places where like the storyline could have ended here, right? Like the storyline could have ended at the bachelorette party. The storyline could have ended at the wedding scene, but they just wanted to keep pushing it forward. And I don't know that everything they did actually like makes total sense when you're digging into the episode and not just watching casually. Yeah, I think they I think they just kind of in a way wanted it to be a very chaotic episode, you know? Like it felt like from the beginning there was a lot going on, you know, it just like very thrilling and stressful in a way. Yeah. So, I guess we'll move to the final scene of the episode. So, we're back outside in the yard and Allison and Elliot are hugging. We get the idea that they're going to have their happily ever after. And Piper says, I wonder if we will have our own happily ever after. And Prue says, of course we will. And then they're kind of talking about how they'll have to learn to control their powers. And Prue mentions how she guesses that true love does conquer all which then of course leads to Andy entering the scene. And they even say, oh, you're true love to her. And Prue goes up to him and returns the knife. And he's like, well, how did you know I'd be here? And she said, oh, I didn't. I was gonna drop it off after the wedding, but now that you're here, I'll give it to you. Um, He asks to talk to her alone and the two of them walk off together and Piper and Phoebe are left there kind of like joking about Prue and Andy's destiny together and that's how the episode ends yeah so I feel like that last scene was really cute for a couple of things like you know obviously Allison and Elliot they get their happily ever after which is cute you know what we all wanted and obviously foresaw and I thought the part where the the girls were walking away and like, you know, they had their arms linked and they were talking about this. For some reason, this always sticks out to me. I always thought it was really cute the way 
Piper was kind of like, oh, easy for you to say, like, at least you will never have to worry about coming home and being like, honey, I think I froze the kids. And then Prue's like, no, I just moved mine to another zip code. And Phoebe's like, but I will see them, find them, and bring them home safely. The way they, like, talk about their destiny with kids or their future with kids involving their powers in each other. Like, I just thought that was really cute. And then, you know, obviously Andy and Prue. I love that at the end. Anytime that happens, like last time with the in the hospital scene with the flowers and then, you know, there's Piper and Phoebe off to the side giggling about them and here they are doing it again. Like, it's just so adorable. <laughs> yeah, and it makes me wonder um, kind of what the next step for their relationship is. Obviously, I know what next week's episode is and I know what's coming, but it definitely does make me think like, oh, are they going to make it official next week now that we've seen two episodes in a row where they're ending the episode on Prue and Andy kind of like happily together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely me too. Makes me wonder. And I can't wait to find out. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I think that's all for me. I think I'm good too. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Join us back next time for season one, episode seven, The Fourth Sister.